Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. Today we have... My friend Casey Wright joining us. Casey is the CEO of Ninja Zone or Ninja Sports International. I don't know what the uh, overarching proper way to say it is, but Casey essentially created the sport of ninja for kids um, and was the creator of Ninja Zone, which I'm sure um, many people are familiar with. And I just want to hand it over to you for a minute just to tell us. I don't know. Alessandra doesn't have her daughter's not that I don't age. know much at all. Yeah. So even though you're I'm in. I'm very curious to know. Yeah. You're in several continents. And so do tell. Sure. So thanks for having me, guys. This is this is my first uh, non-business interview, which is really refreshing. And um <laughs> But we'll start with a little business. So I grew up uh, in the gymnastics world. My parents were gymnastics coaches. I grew up in the gym and uh, doing all things gymnastics. And it was their business, but really it was more of a hobby and a way to support their family by, do you know, their coaching habit. So um, I bought the business for my parents pretty young. I was 21 and we continued to coach high level gymnastics. And then, uh, when I wanted to start a family of my own and step back from coaching, I started looking at, looking at what I had as a business and really started focusing on the children, the recreational students, as opposed to, um, the girls, you know, trying for college scholarships or Olympic dreams. And, that led me to realizing that I had a business with 95% girls and I wanted to really give the, you know, the benefits the the fitness fundamentals and coordination fundamentals, um, to little boys because I had a son of my own. So I started a program called the Ninja Zone in my own gyms and it, took off wildly. It's It was originally a way to rebrand and remarket a gymnastics-like program for boys because in the States, men's gymnastics has just been on the decline in participation for quite some time. And um, there were a lot of new things coming out that were really interesting to kids like parkour, which was, um, it has its roots in France. And then also American Ninja Warrior, which is like this obstacle course racing. So we basically created this program where we fused gymnastics, parkour, obstacle course racing, and then a little bit of martial arts into a cool program for little boys that they love to use and or love to do. And um, we started Ninja Sports International, which is the certification and education body to train the coaches and make up the rules for the Ninja Games, which is the sport, the, you know, the the evolving sport that is coming from this activity as all sports, you know, have a, have a start. So it, uh, like I said, it, it took off beyond my wildest dreams and we're now in almost, um, all 50 States and several, several continents. I think 
seven or eight other countries now. But the cool part is it's um, it's movement and it's kids movement and it's it's just fundamental. So it's it's what kids love to do and it's great for them and parents love to. Um, parents get it because they want their kids to exercise and have fun and build coordination. And it's just been, um, it's been quite the ride going from being a bar coach to a CEO of, of, you know, fairly big company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you say it's physical sport and it's about fitness, but there is a, an emotional element and a disciplinary element. So you've got that kind of martial arts piece as well, where Mm -hmm. you're, um, you know, there's bringing in respect and listening and discipline. And so it's much, it really does go a lot deeper than what you're giving it credit for. Well, thank you. I, more than anything, I just wanted to do what I would do for everyone, what I would want for my own child. Um, and, and it's for girls and boys. Uh, but we, we, we started out with boys because we already had the girls Mm -hmm. and then now we have a lot of girls in it as well, but it's really just, you know, what do, what does every mom want for their, their kid? And let's see how we can support, support that unit. So yes, at the end of every class, they say focused energy, work ethic and self-responsibility. And, um, yeah, I love that. Our little mantra. So, so you and I have known each other for a long time. I'm thinking more than 30 years, which is nuts, which is weird because we're both 25. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Um, But we we have known each other from elementary school and um, and you and I had we well, we were friends because we were classmates. And then we also had a gymnastics connection. I didn't go to your parents gym, but I was also a gymnast. And so we also bonded just because I remember doing flips on your trampoline in your backyard and um, <sighs> just having fun you know, as, as you do. And especially when you're a gymnast and it's like, yes, let's just flip all the time. <laughs> so much good. Fun. Um, and then we cheered together in middle school and high school. And then we both went to IU. Yeah. Alessandra, even though she's in Sweden, she knows IU very well because it seems to come up a lot on this podcast for some reason, but <laughs> go Hoosiers. That's what you say, Alessandra, go Hoosiers. <laughs> I've never heard that before though. <laughs> that was the first time. <laughs> So, um, and then life happened and, you know, you went and, and bought the gym from your parents and I was in England and Italy and, um, and we've reconnected in the last few years, thanks to social media, really. And then more and more in person. Um, and we realized that we had this, we both have this passion for meditation. And so this is why you're here. As you said, you know, you're, you're very accustomed to speaking in public um, on a business front, but you and I love to meet and um, just talk about spirit and meditation <laughs> and this other big, big piece to you that, um, that I so enjoy. It's my my joy to be able to talk to you about what is happening in your world. And so I think it's just so inspiring. You have this hugely successful business. One thing you didn't say when you were talking about Ninja Zone is when was, when did you create that? Like when was the start of it? Uh, I started it in my gyms in 2014. We launched, uh, 
nationally through an email marketing campaign in 2015. Yeah. So this is like a baby, a baby. And it is huge. So, um, (laughs) and you have, um, and so the connection between this like huge success and your meditation practice, I think this is just a really interesting dynamic that we haven't been able to explore on this podcast before. Um, because there's so much creativity. So, you know, you're in the business world, but you have like this huge creative streak. And you and I have talked about some of the things where even the things like you've accomplished so much, but there's so much that has channeled through you that hasn't even been able to be manifested because it's just, you know, there's only so much time. Um, And so I think that is just so valuable for people to hear. So, I wonder if you want to start sure. with with the beginning. So the retreat and okay. kind of your first sort of sure. exposure. Emily, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I will definitely say that when the company started to take off, um, I, I remember thinking like, this is like those little things on the, the end of the shoelace that you hear about, like, who's the guy that created the thing on the end of the shoelace? <laughs> and I felt like just like I stumbled on something. And um I felt very lucky, almost undeserving of, uh, of the the success. And I wanted, I knew I had something special and that I needed to do the most that I could with it. And at that point, you know, every bit of my personality poured into Ninja Zone to the point that I was like totally burning the candle at both ends or whatever that phrase is. And, um, yeah, um, and really led me to the point of, of, it was almost in like this manic phase of, of just go, 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 go. And it, uh, it really started to hurt, uh, my new marriage and, uh, just, just, I wasn't, it, it, it wasn't that I wasn't being me. It, it was just that I was so focused on making sure that this company was taking off. I, I, I couldn't see the big picture of everything else in my life. And it got to the point where I was just so stressed out one weekend. I was just like, I, I need to go, I need to go lock myself in a room for three days and have nobody talk to me. I can then make no more decisions. I cannot have any more responsibility. And so I just started poking around on the internet, trying to find a yoga retreat. And at that time I didn't even do yoga, <laughs> like, but it seems like you needed medicine. <laughs> yeah. yeah I needed did. yoga medicine. So was yeah. this in 2015 or this was, it was like 2000, it would have been maybe in 2015 or early 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and so I thought, well, and I saw these retreats and it's like, okay, I've had massages. I've had like, show me what's behind door number three. And something came across my screen. It was called uh, the art of living. And it was an Ayurvedic, uh, retreat with a, it was at this place in North Carolina. It was a former transcendental meditation camp, but then they did seminars there. And anyway, it was a weekend and it was called, uh, the happiness happiness retreat or the happiness weekend. I'm like, that's what I need. So I, uh, I signed up for that, flew out there, had no idea what I was getting into Knew not, I mean, knew, knew nothing. And I went through, (laughs) um, 
a, a, a truly life-changing experience. First, I, I get there on Friday and I had, I had booked like these treatments. So I, I think it was called, and I forget the name now, but it was basically an acupressure treatment massage. Marma? Where they, yes, Marma. 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 I know it started with, yep, yes. So I did that on Friday and I was a total believer when I woke up on Saturday morning and every amount of food in my body left me. It was <laughs> the biggest, like, I woke up to a cleanse and I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm a believer. Like whatever just happened. I mean, cause I, I just had no clue at that point. Mm. And I'm laying there and she's pushing on me and I'm like, this isn't a massage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I started the retreat and, um, there was a specific type of breath work that they do there. Uh, and we, we learned several types of, of breath work. So the first day was education. And then we learned a, a few different breathing techniques and the one, um, that they, that, that group does is called the Sudarshan Kriya. And they taught us on the second day. And I did it and I think I did it like I do everything else, like 140%, you know, I'm <laughs> breathing in, but I'm, I'm like, you know, yeah. just, <laughs> uh, so in. yes, I was all in and I had this, ex my experience was I, I literally felt like I was tripping on acid and I had done that before in my life. So I knew what it felt like. And, um, I, I was at that point, I was like almost angry. Like what just happened to me? I had no idea. Like, what is this? Um, and the, we did it again the next day and the next day was a much more mild experience. Um, but, but that's when the creative juices started really like I just started making all of these connections in business and in life and with people. And I was like, wow, like this is, this is, this is something. So about 24 hours later was when it really the most, the, the, the like defining moment in my life. I had this feeling of love that I have never, ever experienced that that I, I had literally felt without my husband even being near me that I fell in love all over again. Like it was the first week of mm -hmm. our dating, you know, that, I mean, those, <laughs> those intense hormones and, um, and just, I, I remember having the feeling that it doesn't matter what happens. Like I have enough love for all of us forever. Like mm -hmm. that's what it felt like. And it lasted <laughs> about, um, I don't know, 48 hours, three days, maybe. And then, you know, life happened and it started to clog up again. Right. But, but I knew that, you know, this, this was possible. So fast forward about nine months, I was at, uh, outside a conference, a Tony Robbins conference in a whole foods. And I was kind of, I, I, I was better, but kind of still searching, like absolutely still searching from that moment. Like what happened? How do I get back there? So, um, 
I was standing behind a lovely woman in the uh, Whole Foods line in Newark, New Jersey, and she had a bag that said, stress less, accomplish more. And I was like, okay, yep, that's me. And I tapped her on the shoulder, <laughs> like, tell me about this. And she has um, her own uh, meditation, online meditation program. And I had not meditated. I, I, they didn't at that retreat no one taught me how to meditate. I had started like playing around with a couple of apps and headspace and that sort of thing. But I, I, it was really more mindfulness than meditation. And it, it just wasn't, I wasn't feeling any results. I I felt like I was just doing it because I knew I was supposed to. And, uh, so anyway, I, when Emily turned around, I mean, you could just see the glow in her face. Um, she's the, the owner of this company And I was just like, whoa, like I just felt her, you know, I I just felt this energy from this woman. And it was, you know, it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. We were all drained and she just had all this energy and she gave me one of her little banana bites. And uh, we were talking about meditation. She was there with someone else. And so I bought her program and started, it was just an online program. And so that's how I learned. And, um, basically her process, it's kind of a trifecta. She, she says it's like breakfast, um, lunch and then dessert where breakfast is the mindfulness and you ramp up and then you go into basically a form, a, a, a form of transcendental or meditation. And, and I'm not by no means any expert. I just start saying a mantra mm-hmm. and then the end of um, the uh, meditation is a manifestation where you really start to visualize um, your future and what you want and for your life. And it's twice a day for 20 minutes. And the cool part is that was, like I said, nine months from whenever I went to that first retreat and I haven't stopped since. And I feel like my life in general is slowly moving towards that initial feeling, right? And I've had ups and downs, but overall, the way even my day, it it feels almost like that 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 whole I don't want to say LSD, like mm-hmm. it actually feels like I can be fully, fully present in each little slice. And it's like, Oh, I'm here again. I get to do this. And Oh, I'm over here and I get to do this. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's, that's really, that was the journey. And I'm, you know, I will never not. That's that's the biggest thing. Sounds like a very powerful start. I mean, to get that feeling of that (laughs) unconditional love that can usually take a bit of a, some can take some practice to feel that. We can get a glimpse of it, but to be able to feel all that in one weekend. I know. Talk, talk and, about and carrots. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, how can you not want to follow that? And I think this is important for people to know that because I think it's hard for, I can find it with friends and family. Sometimes people don't really understand, like, because you tend to forsake a lot of things, time and perhaps food and other things because you, you you clear your energy when you start to meditate. But I think if you haven't tried, it can seem like, why would you put so much time and energy into mm-hmm. just sitting still? Or like, because mm-hmm. if you try, like, we know that what happens in the brain, it is like taking drugs. It gives the same mm-hmm. 
feeling. And yeah. it's hard to relate to if you haven't tried it. But once you tried it, right. you want that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one thing I forgot to mention, and Kara, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but um, I was doing a program. It was called the Alt MBA through Seth Godin. And he's he's kind of a modern day um, business marketing guru, but he he does a daily blog and he's he's a pretty special human being. Anyway, he does a program called the Alt MBA. And the first project of the program was for you to write down your dreams. And what I had written down was I want to feel Zen Mm -hmm. because I just, I was so pent up for so many years. I, I think I was just so ready. I was just so ready and so open and so searching for any, any solution Um, and that was before that experience or that was before the experience. And so, and I, I'm going to guess, like give it six, nine months before me ending up in North Carolina. But when I, when I went to North Carolina on day one, um, I, I was sitting down to lunch and I'm talking to some of the people that were there at the place that lived there. And I was like, I want to feel Zen. Like I was just, (laughs) And they just kind of looked at me and giggled. <laughs> like, where where do I sign up for that? Which table is it that's yeah. going to give me all the joy? I want yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I, I had no idea that there was any joy or unconditional love. Like, I just wanted my I just wanted to stop being so so anxious and so on edge. Yeah, because it's a big responsibility. I mean, there's so much success, but then, of course, with that comes a lot of responsibility to keep it going and to make the right decisions for this growing employee base that you have. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, we can congratulate you until we're blue in the face, but there's also, you know, a lot of responsibility with that, obviously. Um, And so you started with just that stress management and wanting to, um, wanting to feel joy and kind of, um, be able to deal with anxiety, as you mentioned. And it feels like when we talk that it turned into, a, a much more than that, you know, it was really mm-hmm. tapping into something much bigger. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to go into that much. Sure. Yeah. No. Um, I definitely, started when I, when I started meditating consistently every day, twice a day, it was, um, I just felt this, uh, first of all, just like it, there was an, an unloading of ideas. And, and I, I do remember when I very first started meditating that, that I would feel the, the transcendence so much heavier than I do now. It was almost like I was, you know, at the top of a roller coaster. And then I just went, Vroom, all right, here I am. Like, <laughs> and, um, and I've noticed over time, it's, it's, it's that, that it was like, my life was black and meditation was when I was in meditation, it was white and it's sorted, it's pulled together. So everything is more gray, which is good because every day is, is that way. And, things started just kind of coming to me through meditation. And I would say to my employees like, Oh, this morning's meditation 
I thought of this, 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 and this. So it was really more of a thinkitation than a meditation. <laughs> um, you know, I would always return back to the mantra, but I would have an idea and return back to the mantra. And something that Emily said that stuck with me for a long time is that if it's meant to be, it'll come back. So, so don't worry about like, rem- like missing something, right? Like, re- like if you have an idea or whatever. So when I, when I first started, I would jot things down and let people know. And, um, but she said, you know, the, the important things will come back. And it's gotten to the point now where like when I even set goals for my company, the for myself and my company, they're all based around like filling that first, um, not just the meditation, but, but like it's the foundation to everything else. Like if I don't come if I don't have that and, and everything that goes along with that, like, like that's the domino that, that makes everything else go. If I can get centered, then the answers will come. Like they will come and I believe it. And I, it's just like, and if they don't come, then that's, then the problem's not meant to be solved yet. And I'm, I'm missing a step. So, um, there's been a few instances, uh, and I haven't figured out if it's a time of year or what, but, um, there's been a couple of times where I've had some incredible, like downloads that have happened over the course of like several weeks or a month to the point where I have like an incredible amount of energy. Like I'm requiring less sleep because I just, it's ideas after ideas after ideas. And, um, specifically last year around like March, um, it, it didn't stop. And to the, like, I was this faucet of ideas to the point where I had all my, my team and my company, (laughs) we just have to like, like, we just have a shelf, you know, (laughs) like, okay, well, we'll do this when it's time and this when it's time and this when it's time. But it was just, it was really interesting because it definitely, um, there's things that, came in surges like a like a tidal wave and I don't know when the next one will be but um sometimes it's almost too much to handle really like Mm -hmm. I I like I wouldn't even say I'm ready for one now like I'm like I'd kind of like to do what I already plan to do first (laughs) yeah well and I know that you um you've studied a little bit of Sue Mortar too right I think mm-hmm. you were one of the first people who told me about Sue Mortar and she's got the, um, she talks about the, the vortex of creativity. It's like create, sustain, void, create, sustain, oh, yeah. void. And, mm-hmm. um, so if you're always creating, you don't get time to yeah. sustain and kind of stabilize things, but the natural follow on to that process is that void so it sounds like you're in sustain and then yeah. you just have to be ready for that void to come because that never feels good. It's always like, wait, what happened? Man. Where's my flow? You know, I forgot that we did talked about that. And you're right, because this this uh, well, let's call it Q4. Mm-hmm. There was definitely a void mm-hmm. and I was I did not like it. I felt sticky and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, what, did I lose it? Where, you know? Yes. 
yeah. I think I, yeah, like, yeah. Did I lose it? And what do I need to do to, to get it back? Like, don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any, like, any practical tips for people that you would suggest that are um, wanting to manifest, you know, maybe because I think, again, you know, when you and I have talked privately before, it's like many from your experience in your networking, it's like a lot of executives have something where they're like tuning in. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but I think that the perception is that, you know, your intellect is going to get you to where you are and to where, you know, other leaders are. Um, And so I think, I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to have you on is to bust that myth, you know, but um, I don't know for people who are driven and they're really, you know, out in the business world and they're wanting to manifest. What do you think? So, um, with the, with the manifestation part, I, I definitely think that comes with, um, clarifying the vision through words, feelings, what you see, getting it written down and then, um, and then keeping it in focusing on it at, at multiple times, you know, during the day. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm a believer in vision boards. I, I keep a, um, I keep a little pocket of certain photos in my phone for things that I, I have no doubt will happen when it's time for them to happen. So, um, for the manifestation part, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really good. And it also really keeps me on my toes when the negative thoughts start to creep in because it's like, Oh, stop, stop thinking, stop thinking about those bad things because you, you know, don't, don't bring them in there. They're, mm. they're going to show up later. Um, so, uh, that's definitely, you know, as far as manifestation, yeah, I try, you know, I, every day and then the whole executive thing, what was really cool is as my business grew and I was meeting people of a, you know, just different level of, you know, in, in, at the executive level, it was amazing how many closet meditators I found, like so many, <laughs> like they did. <laughs> and, and, you know, a, the, um, a lot of the executive retreats, they're trying to get the most out of their leadership team. And so, you know, people that make it to a high level of practice in anything, whether it be business or sports or, or whatever, you're just, you're, you're, digging deeper for answers all the time. And you find that if you dig deep enough, we all obviously end up in the same place. And then, then it becomes, Hey, this worked for me. It could work for you. And then they want to bring, you know, bring that level of consciousness to people around them. So, um, I'm a part of a couple of entrepreneur groups where we do retreats and they do everything from, um, meditation to breath work, um, lots of different kinds of breath work. I, I realized that, um, what I did in North Carolina is just one of many types of breath work curriculum. And, and it's funny, once you start talking to people and you are willing to ask those questions, like I, I have a good friend that we've been friends for five years. She's an executive at a large manufacturing company. Turns out like she did breath work on a executive retreat. And I would have never, I would have never known. Mm. Like it, it's, it's interesting how, um, 
Yeah. And, and I just, I'm willing to talk about anything to anyone. I think that's probably one of my, yeah, it's just one of my qualities and, uh, it's interesting what you find. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious to know, since you know the benefits for yourself, is this something like you can share with your employees or have you seen the interest increase? Because I just imagine I've been working a little bit here in my hometown, having like Mm -hmm. a workshop for leaders with the same Mm -hmm. idea. Like if leaders notice the benefit, you want to give that to your employees because you know, like, well, if all my employees (laughs) meditated every day, imagine how things would work between us, you know, not only the creativity, the solution oriented mind, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, understanding each other on a completely different level because you, yeah, connect with your empathic part of your brain you know that was the first that was my first inclination but it was such a powerful shift for me that there's been there's been other times in my life where I pushed too soon before people were ready and it and you know, it, uh, it bites you in the butt then you, you lose them forever same thing with my kids right of course I want them to meditate but um with my company, it was really interesting. It was, it was so far out of my own element or, you know, anything that I experienced before. I almost felt weird, even like, you know, those, those initial shares, I, it, it wasn't, I, I wouldn't suggest that they do it because it was, it was just so far out of my comfort zone. The cool part is once I started sharing just kind of what I was doing, they saw the change in me. And I would say one of the biggest, one of the proudest moments in my life is, is when I see my leadership team meditating before their quarterly meetings and I never asked them to, Mm -hmm. they literally just saw who I was becoming and it was, you know, yeah, like I want whatever you have kind of thing. Oh, that's the highest and that's honor. So inspiring. Yeah. I think that's really, and, and honestly, you know, I have hunches. I, I thought today I need to stop having opinions and just having hunches. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say that I have, I have a hunch that that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that when they're ready, they're ready. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, that's why even, you know, with my children, um, I don't want to make it like vegetables, mm-hmm. right? Or at least my kids don't want to eat vegetables. I don't know about everybody else's, but <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, but they just see, and, and Leo will even say, like, if I get snappy, he's like, mommy, have you had your second meditation today? <laughs> <laughs> our, our little teachers, our little disciplinarians. Yeah. And, and it's so yeah. true. I love, I was going to say before you said, that about your children that I didn't want to patronize your employees and link it back to children but it's the same thing with me I I get asked so much how do you get your kids to meditate and I was like I don't know can you figure it out and let me know because <laughs> my kids don't meditate and you know they're 9 and 12 and I imagine that in their future they will become interested mm-hmm. in it, but right now it's it's a mommy thing, which means that there's resistance. It's something to resist, and um, but so for now, I just feel that my role is to model. You know, it's like yeah, 
This is how you can fit it into your life. This is the these are the benefits that you reap from them. And, you know, if they see me normally calm and loving and um, and, you know, the whole spectrum of the human experience, too. But, you know, able to continue to get back to that center point, um, then I just hope that then, you know, that's the carrot to say as they get older and more mature, like, oh, there yeah. are little secrets that we can, mm -hmm. you know, mm. tap into to help us get there. Yeah, but I, it's such a gift in itself to the children, I think, mm -hmm. or to anyone you interact with, because you learn to pause more when you, when you feel agitated or you you learn to relate to other people in ways I can see for myself and people that I know meditate. You just learn to function from your higher self rather than your lower self. And you know your patterns more so you can like, okay, mm -hmm. here this trigger comes and you can deal with it in another way. So perhaps your children doesn't, they don't need to meditate because you're so calm <laughs> all the time. <laughs> not, not all the time, but. They, um, you know, it's interesting too that it thought I always think about my kids and it goes back to a lot of the Sue Mortar um, work that she's done. And, and you talk about how a lot of our belief systems and, and our wiring is built while we are children. And there, you know, there's some specific age ranges when it stops, but we're, I, I've also heard that we're the most true to ourselves at like age seven ish like the most, we're, we're the closest to who we True. really are. And then it, it shows up again around 21. And that's just through the, the Enneagram study that mm. I've done. Uh, but I think about that too. And, and when I look at my children, it's like, it's really what, what am I, what can I learn from them at this age? Because they probably have a better clue than I do right now. You know, because yeah. they're seven and nine. And so I'm like, so they're closer. how can yeah. they're closer to their, their true, you know, they're, they are not jaded yet, or they're not, you know, they don't have the, <laughs> they don't have the gunk as much gunk. The other thing I will say with Leo, and I don't know if I, I, it worked and I don't know if I'm right, but we were driving in the car and he was looking out the window and just, you know, zoning out, right. Just staring out the window. And I told him that that was a form of meditation and that that's, you know, really, that's something that's really good to do. Like when we're driving that after school time, right. Mm -hmm. Like that two, three, four o'clock where they, they just need that, that pause. Mm -hmm. I've, um, I've tried to like turn the music down in the car and just give them that like 20 minutes to stare out the window. And they really, they took to that. They're like, that's something I can do. It felt, you know, so I, I, yeah. I labeled it a form of meditation. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's great to give them some exposure to things that they're doing already. Because I know one of the things mm -hmm. that like when I was really interested in meditation, but it wasn't sticking, like it wasn't taking. Um, and this was like in my 20s, I'd say. But um, or maybe even I was a teenager. I don't know. But um, it was like I knew it was a thing that was helpful that I wanted to do. And I didn't. And it was supposed to just be like, oh, you just turn off your mind and you stop thinking. And it was really natural and everybody can do it. And 
Um, and so I would try that and I would find, you know, the thoughts would come in and, and then, you know, you try to get rid of them again and try not to associate with them. And I, I knew enough of that, but I just really didn't feel like I was getting anywhere with it. And so I kept thinking I was doing it wrong. And so I think that's really helpful to, to see Mm -hmm. something that they're already doing to say, um, you know, that's part of it, you know, that's, that's a form of it or that's, you know, so that they can relate to it. And it's not this mysterious thing that they have to do right, but it's just something that they're naturally Mm -hmm. doing that they, that's accessible to them all the time. And that can be really helpful foundationally. I think one thing I've learned through coaching and, and kids, um, it's actually no different with adults, but, um, success builds on success. And so the, we have to find that incremental progress and that's the success builds on success. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I was trying to, to go after it in that you're, you're already, you're already doing this to kind of build that build that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you did, I don't know. I've got two branches that I'm formulating in my mind, but I love you've taken more and more to yoga lately and that's become Mm -hmm. really um, important to you. And then you also, I love talking with you about the Enneagram. And so I feel like we've got to choose. I don't think we can do both because they're, yeah. they're big. So which one do you feel more drawn to? And the Enneagram. Okay. So can I think you... there's better people out there to talk about yoga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we have touched on yoga quite a bit in, in this, in the history of this podcast, but we've never talked about the Enneagram. So can you yeah. take, do you feel comfortable just giving like yeah. an overview? I don't know, Alessandra, are you sure. familiar with it? I don't know You've what never that heard is. Of it? <laughs> So I had never heard of the Enneagram either, uh, but my husband and I went on a couple's retreat in Sedona. And the first thing they had us do was um, just take a little test to see where we landed on the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is basically um, described, it's like an ancient personality test. And I do not know all of the, the, the nuances. I mean, there's, there's some very cool things, um, that I would love to be able to share about like the math behind it and how it relates to those, like the, the certain formulas that show up in, in like nature. And, and, and I don't know a lot of that, but, um, there's some really cool stuff. And anyway, when she was explaining it to me, the, the Enneagram expert, I was sold. I was like, man, this makes sense. So this is the ancient personality test. And it's basically says that we're all put here and, um, we basically need to, to grab onto a strategy to get through life, right? If we're playing chess, you, you have different strategies. And so there's nine different strategies. And within those nine types, um, you have a higher self, middle and lower self. And it's very interesting how, all of those play into, um, your just key motivations and your core fears. Uh, the Enneagram is also divided into three parts where like eights, nines, and ones, their lower self is anger. Um, uh, twos, threes, and fours, their lower self goes to shame and then fours, fives, and or, 
twos, threes, and fours, five, six, seven, their lower self goes to fear. So, you know, without going too deep into it, um, you know, my, my husband and I are both, um, if you've done any personality tests like Myers-Briggs, we are both like 99 D 80. I mean, he, I'm like a 99 D he's like a 96 D and we're both super high. I, so that is just, I mean, it is recipe for disaster <laughs> or fireworks of goodness. Like it's, it, it's just big, big energy all the time. So anyway, um, you know, we're trying to have 12 companies and raise four kids and two dogs and <laughs> we needed a marriage. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, what I learned, it was, it was so amazing. Like I'm an eight, he's a seven. My, the way I approach conflict is to jump right in and solve the problem immediately. And sometimes too soon. And when it's not necessary to be solved, <laughs> he and his, the way he approaches conflict is to actually run away, avoid it. I mean, he's, he's a conflict avoider. He goes to fear. I go to anger. So, but we're right next to each other on the Enneagram, which can make a lot of, we have a lot of similar traits. So we look a lot alike, but the way we approach conflict is different. What it does though, until I learned that it, it was, um, igniting some like deep fears that I had because he's, he's running away, right. Where I think that's the worst thing ever when in actuality, it's just the way I approach life versus the way he approaches life. So it just explained a whole lot. And I've started to look at it with my kids, my employees, we've all done it. And it's so fun to, to have these tools because when you have a communication issue with people or you're trying to find the right role for people, just to know where their natural instincts are, or just to know where they go when they're really, really stressed, you can know how to support them and, and help them, um, through that. And it doesn't make you question yourself either, which can, you know, obviously lead to more gunk. So, um, it's just been, it's just been an amazing tool that like that, that's the best way I can describe it. An amazing tool to, um, you know, get just, you know, swim through life a little better and kind of avoid some obstacles. Thank you, Casey, for being with us today it's been really inspiring yeah and thank you I'm good luck so glad and to have you hope to see you in sweden so i can bring my daughter <laughs> yeah i would love to well thank you guys for having me and um i'm, I'm excited for your future guests I, I love listening so thanks so much and thank you everybody for joining and we look forward to the next meditation conversation <laughs> <laughs>